Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman, alongside Steve Harmison, looking back at a match at Headingley, which saw England draw level with India with two to play. What an anticipation there is around this series now after England upset all the form books uh, to register Joe Root's first win of the English summer. And uh, they did it with style. You're listening to the following on podcast. Well, hello and uh, welcome. And if you are listening to this podcast, I'm sure by now you know that England have won um, and they did so comfortably. An innings of 76 runs separated these two sides after um, Mohamed Siraj uh, was bowled out at about a quarter to one in the afternoon. It uh, uh, was uh, quite a collapse by India in, in the end. 215 for two overnight became 278 all out um, after Pajara uh, was dismissed without adding to his overnight score. And Kohli adding just 10, uh, 237 for four at that stage. And when Rahane and Pant both went uh, with just two more runs added to the score, uh, that was pretty much it. Uh, Ollie Robinson took player of the match awards with a fifer uh, in uh, second innings, including that uh, of uh, Kohli and Pajara. So uh, congratulations to him. Uh, but really, I think uh, most of the hard work was done on day one, really. Uh, as uh, India really slumped, very few sides uh, come back from 78 all out. So, anyway, plenty to discuss about the day and the test with myself, John Norman and Steve Harmson here on Following Up. Story of the day. So, Harmy, one all with two to play. Uh, this is shaping up to be one of, uh, well, possibly a great series. I mean, it was one all with two to play six months ago, wasn't it? And uh, India, India absolutely battered England in the last two test matches. But just got a feeling, you know, 
it's going to be so much pressure on these two sides now because um, England had a bad couple of sessions at Lords, and it cost them the Test match. India had a couple of te- um, couple of bad sessions at Headingley, cost them the Test match. Now you're entering in a into a phase of the series where one bad session could cost you the whole series, could cost you the trophy. So um, if you thought there was bad tempered uh, shenanigans going on at Lords. Um, could be some seriously really interesting cricket to come and, and it may come down to who can hold the nerve the best Yeah, it comes down to who can hold the nerve the best but I'm so proud of this England cricket team I'm so proud of Joe Root and the way these boys have played because at Lords they were, they were humiliated right, wonder we, we, I, I'm happy to sit here and say right, the bully got bullied we lay down and we, and I, and I don't think I was wrong by saying that. And I worried where this team was going to be. Joe give a, I thought Joe give a good press conference. 10 days away, off you go. Took the whole thing on his shoulders because he knew he could do it. Because the England captain, yes, it's my responsibility. Nobody's going to criticise Joe too much because of the amount and the volume of runs he's got. And he came out and he, he knew what he believed in his team. He's got bowlers disappearing like you'd not believe. You know, he's got, you know, if, if look, let's be let's be fair. Anderson wouldn't have played this test match if England had a full quota. He wouldn't have because this rest and rotation policy, Broad would have played, Anderson would have played, Archer would have played, Wood would have played, and the whole merry-go-round which was going. All of a sudden, you're not scraping at the barrel from a bowling point of view, but you're going back to somebody like Craig Overton who was deemed not good enough when he came out of Australia. And we had him on the Critical Collective, me and Manners, and we had a great chat with him, what, four weeks into the season? Talking about, and he said, I've changed different things in my run-up. He was quite um, quite light-hearted. He said, I'm in great shape. I think he had four, 30 wickets in four games. And all of a sudden, we are talking about, and me, me and Manners, we, we like to talk about players who are potentially going to come into this group. And we talked to Ollie, about Ollie Robinson. We talked about Craig Overton. And all of a sudden, these two guys have stood up and recounted off the back of what Lords was a debacle. And they, they, it gives me, I mean, uh, I am sitting here, a very, very proud former English cricketer, loving speaking about the England, England team because of the way that these guys have just performed. Large, Not largely down to one man, because... You know, Joe has carried the baton for the you know, the best part of nearly 18 months, two years now. But Jimmy Anderson set the tone in this, this test match. His first, what, 50 minutes of the test match, that's where the test match was won. And it was won by James Anderson. I think from then, Jimmy looked a little bit tired and weary. And it wouldn't surprise me if Jimmy misses the oval to give him the, the, the last test match at Manchester because he doesn't miss Manchester you know you don't miss a test match when an end is named after you so I think England have got to be mindful of the management of, of one of their one of their great players but England put India to the sword and let's see what India come back with that's my that's what I'm really really intrigued with can Coley and his team come back after doing what England did what India did to England at Lords? 
have they got the strength, the power and the energy to come back in a five-test match series when it's one all? and, yeah, you might, you might have won the battle in Lords, but have you got the, you know, the, the determination to, to sort of flip it over again and make this series a great series? Because if India do that, this will go down as one of the great series. If India go and win at the Oval after what's just happened this week and what happened the week before, boy, when Manchester comes around, that would be make this a fantastic series. So I'm proud of England and I thought they were brilliant this morning. Yeah, fair play. Um, I can't disagree with that. I thought they were brilliant today. Um, I thought they were brilliant on day one. But I, you know what? I think India did answer um, some of those questions. I thought they answered it yesterday. You know, with the way that they, you know, they were deficit of 354 and they lost two wickets all day, basically. They battled through. They, they, they came unstuck today. Um, and we, we knew they'd fall in a heap as soon as they lost those two or three key wickets at the top. That duly happened. Um, I, I think this is set. Even if it's a draw, could you imagine that? If it's a draw at the Oval, you know, one team clinging on, clinging on um, in the gloom, because there's been a lot of gloom, um, in and around the cricket, although today actually there was the best conditions I think we've had all summer. You know, going to Old Trafford, one all with one to play, that would be something else. But whatever happens, you know, um, this series is absolutely alive. Uh, Ollie Robinson, uh, player of the series. Um, I, I mean, it was really interesting to me watching Anderson and Robinson go at their tasks today. They got they they have very clear and defined objectives, don't they? And they're, Robinson actually was saying how he's learned how to use a wobble ball and he learned it off Anderson. Um, he mentioned that in the post-match presser. But, you know, Anderson was, Anderson against Coley was just phenomenal to watch. Um, he was just hanging it out there, wasn't he? Hanging it, hanging it, hanging it. But Robinson was was forcing the batsman to play, forcing, forcing, forcing. Um, and it was just, it was really, really good cricket. Maybe I'm a bit biased because of what happened, but I—I uh, I mean, Robinson today, player of the player of the match. I mean, on another day, Joe Root could have got it, um, but just about fair enough, I think. You know, and he spoke following the game about what it was like to to win a game at a ground that he knows well, of course, and to get that key wicket of Coley as well. I mean, the place erupted. It was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it was. And I think uh, Robinson has been the find of the summer so far. And um, what can you say about Jimmy Anderson? Jimmy Anderson is is a very very special human being. I think he's the greatest sportsman that we've ever produced. I really do. I, I hold Jimmy Anderson in the in the echelons of you know, Steve Redgrave, Daley Thompson, Wayne Rooney. Yeah, the, the the Jonathan Edwards, all these big top sportsmen who have brought world records in disciplines, and you know, there's there's probably countless others that you could throw at me. I think Jimmy Anderson is very much up there, as good as anybody. And who wouldn't want to learn off of Jimmy Anderson? And when I look with that dynamic of Robinson and Anderson, it's a little bit like what you get with uh, Anderson and Broad. You know, Robinson is very very similar to to a, a Stuart Broad. Um, in height, stature, uh, areas, uh, you know, skill level. The challenge for Ollie Robinson is, can he still do it at 150 test matches, like what Stewart has? Um, and now that is, that is something that will, go, that will go on further down the line when 
Jimmy Anderson eventually does go. I've got a funny feeling. I don't know what it is. I really have got a funny feeling. Jimmy Anderson will retire at the end of Old Trafford. Uh, I think really? he'll retire at the end of I've said this all, I've said this for a while now. Since the COVID stuff, I've just got a funny feeling Jimmy Anderson might just retire at the end of at the end of this summer. Because I don't think the Ashes will either go ahead or go ahead in such a way. And I think Jimmy might just look at this and go, you know what? If I go to Old Trafford, uh, sorry, if I got the Oval and Bowell, and then I've got Old Trafford at the end, can I finish? If I, my illustrious career, could it get any better to finish in a way of knocking Virat Kohli over from the end I bowl at, which is named after me, and then there's no ashes, potentially no ashes in six months' time? Why would I want to continue playing for another year and finish at the Oval next summer when Ed Peters out? Do I go out on a high the way I performed this summer? I'd, if I was Jimmy Anderson, I'd be seriously considering just going, you know what? I've had enough. Not not so much I've had enough. Just I don't think this can go any better. I, I wouldn't surprise me. You know, I watch the space. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. I know Jimmy well, and I don't know. I've never spoken to him about it. I've just got a funny feeling that if the Ashes next week is talked about that, there is problems that moving from state to state, and it's not going to be the Ashes that we know. And it's going to be very difficult because of COVID inside Australia. It wouldn't surprise me if Jimmy goes, you know what? I can't better this series. I'm going to play my last test match of the summer, not at the Oval, which is normal, at my home ground. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the ticket sales for the, for the, for the Old Trafford last year if Jimmy Anderson decides that this is going to be his last test match? It's going to be amazing. I might be just thinking, I might be pie in the sky, but I, 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 just, I don't know. It might just happen. Um, and I think England of England, it wouldn't surprise me if England then go on and win the series because of that. I got a bit off track there talking about Ollie Robinson. And I thought, I think Ollie Robinson's been brilliant. I really do. But off field to side, and I think he is bold magnificent throughout this test match. He deserved man of the match this week, even though Joe Root was great. I think he deserved man of the match this week. He will be player of the series. And I think he's been England's find of the summer. One thing I say about Ollie Robinson is that's fascinating what we say about Jimmy Anderson, by the way. I mean, it would there would be a symmetry to it, I suppose, because Alistair Cook, he played his final test match against India. Uh, the two old best buddies uh, signed off with 100, didn't he? Um, mm. Of course, there's no test cricket at Chelmsford, so can't be complete symmetry in it. But, well, it's interesting, you know. Um one thing I'll say about Ollie Robinson is, if I was to say to you, you pick your first, your team, if every single bowler is fit, right, you pick your your uh, your team for that old, old Trafford test. Robinson's in there, isn't he? Yeah. He's in yeah. there. It's Anderson, it's Robinson. And it's Anderson and Robinson. It's Stokes. Everybody's fit and everybody's firing and everybody's bowling well. Mm. You're probably looking at Anderson, Robinson... At the way at this minute in time, you're probably looking at Anderson, Robinson, Archer. Yeah, Archer uh, Stokes. In Stokes. And uh, Archer's not there. Stokes is not there. Um, and that is probably because of the way Robinson's bowled this summer. <clears throat> but it would be just Robinson because I think Robinson does exactly what Stuart Broad's done. And do, you are, think, do you think? I actually think. Sorry, sorry go on. Go on. If, if Anderson doesn't retire, 
Do you think we will ever see Broad and Anderson bowl for England again? Injuries permitting. Like, so obviously, if everybody's injured and they're the only two left, of course they will. But I, I was just thinking this today. I mean, I, you know, I don't think Broad gets back in ahead of Robinson. And, you know, say next year, six tests, they'll go back to the playing one or the other. I wonder whether we've ever, well, whether we'll ever see Anderson and Broad bowl again. Yeah. yeah. And this- there's, there's, there's two or three conundrums on that as well. Um, Robinson has done enough to stay in the side. And I always believe, and, and I really do, I always believe that if you've got the shirt, you earn the right to have the shirt and you wear it and it's yours to lose. And I'm not a big fan of this rest and rotation stuff. I can understand in COVID because of, because of the movements and the wear restrictions and stuff like that, that's fine. I didn't believe Stuart should have been when he was left out in Jamaica all um few years ago when we were when we were there for Talk Sport. Say that again. Anyway. Your computer just went. Um, About Stuart, Stuart, Stuart in Jamaica. Oh no, Barbados. It was Barbados. So I, I believe that the shirt is yours, and you you have it until you do something that either injury or loss of form, and you're out of the side. Sam Curran at this moment in time has got the shirt. He hasn't done, for me, he hasn't done enough. And there'll be a bowler comes in for next week, I think, at the Oval, and take over from Sam Curran. Stuart Broad lost the shirt because he's injured. Along with Joffre Archer and et cetera, et cetera, Chris Wokes. I think Ollie Robinson has earned the right to keep the hold of the shirt. And at this minute in time, it's going to be an injury that's going to make him lose it because of form at this minute in time. He's up there with as good as as good a bowler that, that's going. And I think Craig Overton has just took over from Sam Curran. Stuart Broad would argue, and rightly so, mind, that he should never have lost the shirt in the first place. When he went to Barbados, he should have played instead of Sam Curran. All the politics that go with it. So Stuart will throw that one at me. Not a problem at all. You talk about Broad and Anderson never playing together. Again, where how many times have we said that over the course of the last three years? And these great players just keep coming out with great spells and great games. And, and you know, I'll never, ever, and never write Stuart Broad off. Stuart no. Broad will be fit in four or five weeks' time. And he will, be, he will be doing everything he possibly can to get his shirt back. And he will get it back by hook or by crook, whether it's an injury, loss of form or, or whatever that goes with it. But I think Ollie Robinson is here to stay. I think Craig Overton has changed enough and done enough in this game, but also, for me, proved enough that he's a different bowler than what he was in Australia mm-hmm. to get himself a place in the side more regular and challenge. Um, Chris Wokes is going to be back fit soon. You've got your fast bowlers. So, for me, the pool of bowlers has never been any better than what it is right now. It's the baton that has that has let us down. But if you're asking me who are the bowlers, if fit and firing and everything that's going well at this moment in time, if I'm wanting a fast bowler, a Jimmy Anderson and somebody else, I think Ollie Robinson is is doing enough. He's showing enough that he is, he might just be wanting to split the, the two all time greats up. And that I never thought I believe I could see it because of how high regard I would rate Stuart and Jimmy. Mm. But the way this the way this kid's produced the way this kid's produced this summer, um, he looks as though he's the heir apparent. But the heir apparent is one thing after three test matches. 
it's a different kettle of fish when you're trying to dis, uh, dislodge 150 test matches. So don't write Anderson and Broad off just quickly. I'm just saying Jimmy might retire for the simple fact is that if he didn't think the Ashes was there to be got at, what a way to go out Old Trafford against India, against Coley, the way this series has gone. I don't think you can better that. OK, so let's look at the third test match. Um, and this is a discussion that you'll be having in great detail with Neil Manthorpe when the Cricket Collective comes back. Um, I think that's going to be released as a podcast Tuesday morning. Joe Roos has been asked about the fitness of Chris Wokes, about Mark Wood, uh, and both could be fit for selection. Wood, almost certainly. I'm not sure about Wokes. I mean, I think they're probably holding back for a test if they're, if they're thinking of playing him. He's also asked about Butler. Now, Butler, we know, is almost certainly going to miss one or two of the last two tests because of the birth of his second child. Now, it could be, it could happen for the Oval. Now, let's just say Butler's out. Um, the makeup of this side, I, I can see changes for both. I think India are going to bring in Ashwin, and I think they're going to bring in Thakur yeah. to strengthen the batting. Um, Thakur, um, they need a swing bowler as well. And I think that perhaps perhaps they're going to change one of Siraj or Sharma. Um, and I, think both, I don't think they're both. I think they're both miss out. Yes. No, I, think right, Sharma, I think they're both play, don't play. Yeah, yeah I, think I think it's simple. Right. India's team simple. Right. I think they're both miss out. Ashwin and come in. Although that, that problem with Pant that you mentioned before the series had even started is becoming more and more apparent. Uh, he cannot buy a run, and he's getting out in exactly the same way every time. But England, I imagine we're going to have some crazy situation where Bairstow is going to go back behind the stumps. I think Ollie Pope will come in, and I think Bairstow will drop down a place to six. Uh, Pope will bat at five. Um, and then they're going to have a big call to make. Do they keep faith with Curran at his home ground, where he took a fifer this time last year? Or do they bring Wood back in for either Curran or Overton? Because they need the variety. Obviously, Robbins, or, or one of them comes in for Anderson. There's a, that, the bowling lineup, I can't quite work out what they're going to do. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, 
then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. I think India will make two changes and both Sharma and Siraj said on the Cricket Collective, I've said on Following On, I've said on YouTube, Siraj is a Duracell battery and I'd be surprised, so surprised, and I love him a bit, if he got to Old Trafford bowling, behaving, his demeanour exactly the way he has been for the first three test matches. He, he looks like he could do the test off. He, he ran out of juice. And, so and it's I think, time for him to have a break. Yeah. yeah and I think so the he oval, comes down. I think the oval might be yeah. the best, better track for him to miss as well. I yeah. Think. So he comes out, Thakur comes in, and I think Robert, uh, Ishan Sharma look miles away. He looked yeah. all at sea. Big time. Uh, and I can relate to that because I've been in that position where he looked as though he didn't want to let, didn't know when to let go of the ball, didn't want to let go of the ball, and didn't really know what he was trying to do. Uh, action nowhere near. Falling away, braced front leg more than anything else, going across the top perpendicular. I thought he was, I thought he was all at sea. Uh, so he'll come out, and I think Ashwin will come in, who's had a five for at the Oval this year in first class cricket. I think that would be the same. That then extends their batting unit, which gives Pant a little bit more of a license. I still think he's a seven in England, not a six. But the balance of the side, I think that's the way India will go. England completely different. I think I'd leave it up to James Anderson and basically ask Jimmy Anderson, can you get me through two test matches in short space of time? Bear in mind, the last one is at Old Trafford, which you are you are you are the god of Old Trafford. You are the legend of Old Trafford. The end is named after you. So if we think if you think that you can't get through through both, we leave you out this one and we play you at Old Trafford because even if we go to India, uh, we go with India 1-1 to Old Trafford, there's a good chance you could win us the game at Old Trafford with a week's rest. And I think that's the conversation I'd be having with Jimmy. I think Overton stays in, Curran comes out. I really do. And I've made a big, bold statement about whether this, this series could be Jimmy's last. I possibly think this could be Johnny, uh, this could be Josh Best. Uh, speak, this could be Josh Butler's last test match because I think Pope comes in. Butler, I mean, Besto goes to keep. And if Pope gets runs, Besto gets runs, then all of a sudden England have got a decision to make. We took the gloves off Johnny Besto when he was going well to try and get a free spirit into the team. Ed Smith's idea hasn't really worked, in my opinion. No, fully worked. I think his glove work has been brilliant. I think his his experience and his right hand vice captaincy in the dressing room. I'm not in the dressing room, but I just see from afar. I think his right hand man and Joe's go to guy is brilliant. 
I just think the batting hasn't worked. And I think if Bairstow goes and bangs 70, 80, 90, 100 at six, Pope comes in and scores runs at five, bear in mind Stokes is going to come back in and he's going to bat at number five and everybody go down one because a bowler has to come out. Then all of a sudden, if Bairstow goes from scoring runs, keeping wicket and everything going nicely, because I don't think there's too much difference between the keeping with Bairstow and Butler, then all of a sudden, Joss, yeah, he's deciding for family reasons, he's going to come out the side. Like I said before, the shirt's yours to lose. And if Butler, if Bairstow gets a shirt, then I think then it might be difficult for Butler to justify coming back in. Because where does he justify coming back in? He doesn't justify coming back in. Right, I'll, I'll go, I'll flip it over even further. There are four first class matches and a final between now and the end of the summer. Once this test series is finished, or three left after this, this test series is finished. If Butler can't get back in because Johnny does all right, will Joss play four first-class matches for, for Lancashire? I don't think he will. Then when will he play his next first-class game to justify trying to get that shirt back? He didn't play a first-class match this summer. It's going to be very difficult for Joss to get his shirt back once he comes out the side, in my opinion. Selectors have got different ideas. The captain and the coach might have a different idea. But a guy who's played 50 test matches and got two or three hundreds, who was supposed to be a top top six batsman, once he comes out, I think he might struggle to get it back. Wow. Well, I'm not really sure how to uh, how to finish how to wrap things up. To be honest, that's uh, and also I, I completely agree. Um, and of all the players that seem least likely to tour Australia, if they don't change the rules, it's it's Butler as well. That's what and, I mean. Yeah. And of course, Ben Folks is back, um, back fit and firing as well. Although it would be uh, surprising if he gets called up for these last two Test matches. Actually, uh, the the Durham Surrey game has been called off. By the way, somebody in the Surrey camp has has got COVID, and a few of the other guys have been in contact. So, uh, well, look, Harvey, it's been a uh, it's been a test match that's turned convention on its head. Um, I don't think we should get away from the fact that it was a nigh on perfect test for England. Yeah. And it's a brilliant unlikely, test for England. And it's it's unlikely that they're gonna do that again. Um, it's unlikely they're gonna bowl India out for 78. Uh, and I think that the way India batted on day three was a reminder of what they're about. And I think that India are gonna strengthen and they're gonna be a more balanced side for the oval test match. And also, one of the problems I have always had with back-to-back test matches is, it seems to me at least, it's way more difficult for the team that has won to get back out on the field three days later than it is for the team that has lost. Because the team that has lost wants to get back out on the field to correct the wrongs. The team that has won wants to still be reading the back pages and basking in the uh, adulation of what's just happened. So whatever happens, this series is set to go. And I, I just got the feeling on day four, maybe day five at Old Trafford, it could still be in the balance. Um, and this could go down as one of the great, great series. Two flawed teams, but two teams with match winners, two brilliant captains uh, individually. Um, 
Yeah, all set. Uh, and we'll be here on the following on podcast, bringing it set to you all. As I may mention, the Cricket Collective is back on TalkSport 2 on Tuesday. The podcast will be available on Tuesday morning. Um, and there'll be a little bit more maybe about that COVID situation in and around the Surrey-Durham uh, game or the Durham-Surrey game, but the Surrey players are involved. And, uh, of course, Chris Silver's going to be speaking and um, Joe Root possibly before the third test, uh, fourth test as well. So uh, make sure you download that. But for now, thanks for listening to follow up. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 